Welcome into an all-new edition of the Tailgate Podcast. I'm Aaron, joined by Ty and Duncan. Howdy. I'm back. This huge week for the Kansas City Public Network. You didn't see the big announcement yesterday. Uh, we are officially joining forces with the pitch to... Let's do this. Yeah. May for, 15th, y'all. Yes. May 15th. It's going to be fun times. Uh, it's been an incredible year. Uh, we are gearing up for our... Big uh, draft game next week against uh, the Midwest Mike's crew and the Spoken. So a big portion of today's show, we are going to break down some of our favorite players in the draft, some sleepers we have, maybe some guys we think have high bust ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's get right into that. Uh, before we get to some of that, though, uh, big news yesterday was Trey Lance's second workout. I've been seeing a lot of that. Uh, with especially the quarterbacks, but overall some uh, schools doing multiple pro days because of uh, not having the chance to do the uh, combine and a pro day. So it's uh, getting that second chance to work out for teams and show them something you've worked on since the last time. Uh, But one of the interesting aspects of that workout that I saw come out of it was that Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, actually wrote the entire workout for Trey Lance. Something he didn't do for any other quarterback. That's big. That is big. It's pretty big. And I I have to exhale from that because I feel like it is an enormous just relief off of (laughs) – all all three of us really have talked about how almost exasperated we were becoming at the prospect of the 49ers having traded up from 12 to 3 to to take Mac Jones. God. So if this is any indication that they're going to go Trey Lance instead, and, and this is, yes, San this Francisco, is, yes. This is not an indictment at all on Matt Jones as a player and obviously a draft prospect. I think it is. I mean, okay, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I, I really like, do. When we're talking about this, if we're like, we've said that if Matt Jones wants to be successful in the pros, he needs time to develop and he needs to do all this stuff. And the fact that changing or trading that much draft capital to get yeah. a guy like Matt Jones is – very, very, very low upside to doing yeah. that. Yeah. Whereas Trey Lance could be very special. I mean, that, that's yeah. something I, I think we mentioned last week where if you're going to go up and get that guy, go get that guy who yeah. could have that X factor, who could have the intangibles, just that is willing to make those extra plays that really are going to put you over the top. Whereas mm-hmm. Mac Jones seemed very much in the vein of another Garoppolo or, or even a Matt Ryan of somebody who maybe just isn't that special yeah. who just is going to take you to that next level. Yeah. I mean, give the kid a chance to develop. Yeah, I mean, I'm compare it very much to the situation Kansas City had with Pat Mahomes and Alex Smith. Uh, Alex Smith, congratulations on retirement, by the way. Fantastic career overall. Um, but when the Chiefs took Mahomes, there was no doubt in anybody's mind, like, very soon he's going to be the quarterback. There's very high upside, great arm strength, but he maybe needs a year to sit behind mm-hmm. someone to show him the other aspects of the game. Uh, smart throws, which... <laughs> Maybe not throwing it to Ball triple coverage yeah. and stuff like that. that and Alex Smith can teach someone, and I think Garoppolo can be that guy for and, Lance as well. And I agree, and because I think Trey Lance is a is a similar prospect to Patrick Mahomes when he was coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's something that people are going to be compared to Patrick Mahomes for from here on out. I mean, that's just a fact of the matter at this point because of what we've seen Mahomes become. But so much of what Mahomes became was because of that mentorship he got from Alex Smith. And Absolutely. I know I said plenty about him on Tapped In yesterday. 
and I obviously have the utmost respect for him, but Patrick Mahomes doesn't do what he does, and the Chiefs aren't where they're at mm-hmm. without Alex Smith having been there for Patrick Mahomes that first oh, year. One hundred percent. I mean, there's no, no, and here we are, two back-to-back Super Bowls. One of them, you know, one of them with a title, and uh, that's that's something where I think San Francisco probably, in particular, understands that out better than any other team. Yeah, they were the first-hand victims of Patrick Mahomes' first run. And I mean, with the whole trade Lansing, we have talked in-depth about it. I mean, coming out of that small school, uh, North Dakota State, um, I mean, obviously we saw Carson Wentz do it, but when you come down to it, when we look at this, the thing that's good about the North Dakota State program is the fact that they have their quarterbacks right all the, they have them kind of right, like address the coverage, which is a very pro-style forward thing, is address the defensive coverage and try to play into all that. But uh, Carson Wentz was definitely one of the quarterbacks that we talked about earlier, where it was just like he tried to throw himself out of trouble. And probably needed a little bit more development from what we're seeing, obviously, with the whole trade to Indiana and trying to, or Indianapolis and trying to figure all that stuff out. Like, give this kid a chance to develop and show him how to play smart football, especially in that system, which is Kyle Shanahan's system, and we could be looking at better things. I don't think that this compares very much to Carson Wentz, though, because Carson Wentz coming out was like a 22 year old, played four years. Yeah, he had the injuries, but like, he, he, was a guy who nobody thought needed a year to develop or anything gotcha. like Lance the only like the last full year of tape we have on him he was 19 years old and it was incredible tape he had 44 touchdowns no interceptions he only had one game this year right and again no turnovers in that game I think he had six touchdowns in total between rushing and passing so you're talking about a career of 50 touchdowns no turnovers and but still he's going to be entering the league at 21 years old and with only, what, 14, 15 games of tape in his career? I mean, yeah. the upside, you see the upside and fantastic athlete. He can run. He has an incredible arm, but he still needs to learn more about reading coverages, for mm. sure. So I think not that Garoppolo can necessarily help them. That's all processing, and that's an individual. Mm. But he does need that development because he is young, and the NFL is a different animal. I mean, processing usually tends to come down to less of the person that's in front of you, obviously, more that's of the your coaching. Brain. Yeah, your well, brain. That's your, your own your, brain. Your brain. You can't teach student, someone how to yeah. process. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's, I mean, look at the issues that the Denver Broncos are having with Drew Locke still at this point. Mm-hmm. Of There is a legitimate concern coming out of Denver that he can't read half the field. I feel right. attacked. Huh? I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Ty was a huge Drew Lock guy feel, coming out. I don't need to feel attacked yet. Yeah. Yet. I think it's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> he made up for it with the, with Ty was uh, Herbert. He was a big guy like that loved Herbert and I Which mean, just goes to show you if you're gonna fuck up Fuck up big. Fuck up big. <laughs> but then also redeem yourself big too. Yeah. 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 How do you have a successful marriage? Uh, well, <laughs> but it, it, it also it also just shows like how hard it is to gauge quarterbacks because a lot of people yeah. are high on Drew Locke. Some people fell off the wagon, but the raw talent was there. It's just you never know how someone's gonna translate to the next right. level, and that is one of your darlings. And uh, that's something man. that you wanted to get into, get into. I know. Uh, oh, absolutely. Our favorite early like our earliest draft darling is that what you um so i was yeah i was basically gonna say like kind of first memory i know for me it doesn't go that back that far because i mean i i pay attention to football but draft was never a really big part of my life to like post high school and all that stuff yeah um but when i did start paying attention to the draft there was a couple people that i fell in love with and honestly like the first person i fell in love with that did kind of like um, exceed expectations for a little bit was Don. Uh, yeah, it was Don. Uh, was my wife. <laughs> it's a good draft pick, um, man. I think, you, I think you knocked that one out of the park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she took pity on me. Um, 
<laughs> I outkicked my coverage. She settled. Yeah. We all know this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and now we have a beautiful potato at home. Yeah. Dater. Um, but uh, so, like, the first player that I actually really fell in love with as far as uh, the draft capabilities was uh, Alden Smith. Uh, and it was, like, one of the first years. And it was how great he was, um, just the physicality, coming off the edge. Uh, and it, it had a lot to do with the fact that I was actually at Mizzou at the time. And I was so excited to watch this kid go to the pros. And I was like, this kid is going to be something special. Yeah. He's probably the best player on our team, you know, um, that I've seen in a long time, minus Jeremy Macklin, because I love Jeremy Macklin coming out. But mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention to the draft process at that point in time. But Alden Smith was the first one that I was like, man, this guy's great. Just can't keep his head out of his own way. What about uh, – And again. Are, all right. <laughs> well, actually, we'll all answer that. Because I feel like a lot of it – I mine, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably someone that was at Iowa. But then I'm like – I don't. I I really don't. Can't think of anyone around the time that I really got into the draft at Iowa that I was like, man, maybe the Cowboys take him, and that's a huge pick. Um, but JJ uh, Watt was a guy that I know that like during the uh, the draft where we got Tyron Smith in 2010, 11, I think. I think was it was 2011. I think it was Tyron. Tyron Smith and JJ Watt. They were the same draft. They were taken like within two picks of each other. Um, was it 2011? I think Man. it was 12. Because I think it was 12, 13, 14. I think it was three straight oh, years. Wait, that they take took, a bit. I got this. That they took first round picks on all the offensive line. Uh, loser by. It wasn't because I know Martin was 14. It was three out of four. Oh, then he would be yeah. 2011 then. Yeah. Okay. I th yeah. I was. Gonna, yeah. I think it is 2011. Um, but I wanted JJ Watt, and he was very much in play uh, with where we were picking. Mm -hmm. They it was taken a little bit after, but obviously. Tyron Smith, certified freak. Um, seven days a week. Seven days a week. Honestly, compares well to a certified freak in this draft yeah. in uh, Panay Sewell. Um, but, uh, yeah, J.J. Watt was the guy that I really wanted for the Cowboys. Um, what about you, Duncan? Man, there was, like, one of my one of my all-time favorite draft darlings was still, and this was when I was really starting to get into, like, pay a lot more attention to the draft, pay a lot more attention to both my college and NFL teams, and this was a merging of those two, and that was in 1997 when the Chiefs drafted uh, Kevin Lockett in the second round. And that was a tremendous moment because I'm just like, oh, here's this guy who I've been watching at K-State. Now he's a Chief, mm. second-round pick. I love it. That Christmas, my grandparents got me a Kevin Lockett Chiefs jersey. Like, I was beyond thrilled. Still have that bad boy somewhere. It doesn't fit like it did back then. Mm. But, um, no, but when I was first really getting into the draft process and stuff, that was – uh, I, it was my senior year in high school, and I was working on the newspaper, and I, they actually let me do a draft coverage article, and it was because we had two guys. This was in the middle of the whole Maurice Claret, Mike Williams trying to declare for NFL for eligibility uh, without having used their three years of college eligibility mm -hmm. to be able to declare for the draft. And I said I was like – I wrote an article talking about it because we had two kids that were seniors on our team that physically – yeah, they, they probably could have gone to the NFL right immediately. Uh, but obviously it's like you need these guys to go to college for three years. It's not like basketball where right. you know they can develop further. But anyway, uh, I got to do a, a top ten mock draft, and Will Smith out of Ohio State was a guy I was huge on in that draft. And ultimately Prince. we took Jared Allen in, in the fourth round, the Chiefs did. But Will Smith was a guy I really wanted the Chiefs to One of my favorite round. player personalities ever, Jared Allen. Oh, for uh, sure. He yes. literally Probably rode off is. into the <laughs> sunset on his yeah. retirement, I think. I think yeah. We actually mentioned that on one of our recent podcasts. Yeah, because Anthony Sherman did the same thing and basically yeah. copied Jared Allen. So. Yeah. Um, who 
what was the next one of your, of your um, I, honestly uh i mean so we all just picked like one side of the ball or the other what's the opposite side of the ball that you uh like so an offensive player yeah so like for me offensive player first offensive player that i like fell in love with um draft wise that uh completely exceeded expectations was uh and it's more recent with everything and i'm wearing his jersey but alvin kamara um, coming out of Tennessee, he didn't have a lot of tape, didn't have a lot of usage on the field. And there was just something about the kid that I loved when he ran and just how fluid he was and how great he was that I, in fantasy football, I was the one that got him super late. We have a keeper league and I basically, I got him in like the 14th round and, um, was able to keep him for the longest time until we hit like the natural reset button, which is what we do every five years. But he was one of the guys that I was like, look at this kid, the way he runs, how fluid is, he, how fluid he is, and how great he is at just breaking tackle and just making things. But he didn't really have that much playing time under his belt. And uh, I'm gonna, since my last pick wasn't a homer pick, and this maybe wasn't the first one, but I'm re really m memory's terrible, so I can't tell you the first player. Right. But one that uh, definitely stands out. In, going to reference that same league when I was in it. Don't do fantasy football anymore because oh, yeah. I hate it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, totally going homer pick, uh, George Kittle, was that was a stacked ath athletic wide receiver draft. And I loved Kittle. He actually has one of the best draft workouts for a tight end ever. Uh, not very productive at Iowa just because of, I mean, our offensive scheme at the time. He but took him in the 19th I, round that year. Was it the 19th? It was yeah. the 19th. The and very, very last Multiple round. people were like, who the hell is that? I go, oh, you'll know. Yeah. And as like a third-year player, he <laughs> set the tight end receiving yards record. Yeah. It was broken by Kelsey this year. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. He's all uh, right. Let's see. Let me tell you what. The offensive player who I just knew was going to be a superstar, and I so badly wanted to fall to the Chiefs, 2014, Johnny Manziel. No, no, I'm bullshitting you. Are <laughs> really? you kidding me? Absolutely not. I was gonna be like, gross, man. I was sitting there, was like, don't, don't, don't do it, Chiefs, don't do it. Uh, but no, a guy who I I was very high on, and it was because Wait, you didn't I like watched... John Baldwin that year, huh? or whatever. You didn't like John Baldwin around that time. He didn't do it for you. That's that's a curse we're here in Kansas City, you jerk. Uh, Jonathan Baldwin. Man. I apologize for supposed nothing. Supposed to pair with Dwayne Bow and just do magical things. And Jonathan Baldwin. Somewhere like, over Dwayne Look at that Dwayne catch Bow. he made in, in practice. And then where is he on the field? Um, but no, it was uh, it was the 07 draft. And it was because I'd watched this guy in his career. And it's I was my uncle was a huge Oklahoma football fan at the time. And so I'd really paid attention to Oklahoma football and this incoming recruiting class. And it was – this top five-star running back that they had, Adrian Peterson. Oh, and so yeah. watching just, his career at OU, yeah. And I know that's that's probably an easy call to make, but this mm. was also – he was succeeding at OU at the same time that Larry Johnson was doing some special things with the Chiefs. Yeah. Mm. But then there was also a lot of the issues out in the press with Larry Johnson. And then just a lot of the things where it's like, he's not worth it. So let's yeah. – yeah. like I was like, let's trade him for a first-round pick and go get Adrian Peterson. And yeah. that was something I very much – Wish the Chiefs could have done in 08 or 07. Of course, they go and get Jamal Charles the next year, but Peterson was a guy I very much was very enamored with and oh, man. wanted to see in the red and gold. You just named another player that I, I loved as well, Jamal Charles, man. Ah, he was so fast. So fast. So fast. <laughs> like, he, he was one of the running backs that he ran track as well, so like he would get handed the ball and he, would have, he had the fastest time to top speed that mm -hmm. any running back had. That's why he has as – many yards per carry as he had because he was just boom no and i was and i was at k-state and so had just seen him the year before when the chiefs drafted him and i was like that's awesome that's a huge pick i was like this kid is he's he's torn it up for texas so he's an example of, it. he's an example of game speed where it's mm -hmm. like he runs so fluid 
that you don't see Natural how fast runner. he runs. Yeah. And it's just like one of those things where you're like, oh, he's not even trying. And then it's just like, just gone. gone. And uh, he is, and he is a guy that uh, um, the argument is against him way more, but he is a borderline Hall of Famer right now, mainly because of what his average yards per carry is, yeah. Yeah. and it's right leader. there with yeah, all time leader is like Jim right Brown, there. Five point three eight. Five, I think it's like five and a half. I think it might have slipped to like five three eight or something yeah. like that, but it's I, well I'm over. Pretty five. sure I saw that the other that the other day because they were comparing like against some of the greats of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you would blink and he'd be at the linebackers. He'd be in the secondary. He'd be all just like. Yeah. Ugh. Sucks of injuries later and didn't have the longevity and yeah, but yeah, I think borderline Hall of Fame and man, definitely Ring of Honor like, for Chiefs though for sure right oh, for sure. oh yeah. without yeah. yeah what about Alex Smith I know that's really Ring of Honor Ring of Honor for sure Ring of Honor yeah no I mean and Alex won't go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame but uh, it's I mean it's like we we've talked about on the show before and I think it deserves being reiterated is they should absolutely rename the comeback player of the year after him. Oh, I mean, the word, yeah. it doesn't have a name associated with it right now, so why the hell wouldn't you take this opportunity to name it the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year Award? Oh, 100%. One of the most ex- inspiring ones ever. Yeah, absolutely. Like, historically, you're just talking about, like, guys coming back from torn ACLs mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and you have Complete a guy come back from but... potentially losing his leg, potentially losing his life. Yeah. Ugh. Coming back and playing and leading a we team to the playoffs. We don't need to get me choked up again, man. Like yeah. that <laughs> and not to look at certain other people um, that we know uh, that are close to us, but how do you not like the guy? Like, yeah. that's just that's just it. Like, how do you not yeah. like Alex Smith and what I don't think did? anybody doesn't like the guy. I, uh, I, I think, yeah, not get into that. But yeah. I, if you're rooting against Alex Smith, the person, like, you're on a different level of stupid but yeah yeah you can be as wrong as you want (laughs) yeah exactly uh switching over to this draft who's your favorite sleeper specifically first round sleeper first round this year Mm. uh man uh so initially like i want to jump toward uh people that i have toward the end of like the first round rankings mm-hmm. um just because i feel like that's kind of where it's go- but yeah cause you know, like if you're taking someone off the top oh you think that someone who's right. going to be taken in the I think top Trevor half Lawrence of the draft is my first round <laughs> yeah, he's a sleeper to be a hall of famer at number one overall yeah um oh, man honestly given the the class and having watched some of the the tape that i just did on him it honestly might be Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech. Damn it, Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like he's quicker, and he had some, he had a bad pro day. Is what I, it was not a bad pro day. He had an okay pro day, but like he just had some bad tape that kind of came out that people were like, oh yeah, he's not good. He slid down, but man, if, if I'm on the clock and I'm choosing between him, Tevin Jenkins, or Cosme or Eichenberg, like I'm gonna take Derisaw all the way, all the way. I don't think that it's necessarily like all the way for sure. Like especially well, with Tevin Jenkins, I think yeah. he can be a fantastic pro as well. I love Tevin Jenkins, arms, I, man. Yeah, I, we were just talking actually before you got here about how overrated arms are. Like some, like literally the two, uh, top Doing two. Doing the rest of the show without my arms. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just saying, like people are like, oh, the arm length, man, it's such an issue. I'm like, I really like. We were because that's the one of the knocks on Sewell is he has like right at like that just below average arms but so right. does Slater right. uh they're both under 34 inches which is kind of like right where they want them to be at both are like 33 and a half to 33 and, and a quarter and Duncan, like Bielaga, Joe Thomas Jason Peters Joe Staley are like a few of those guys are borderline hall of famers if not hall of famers and they're 30 33 inch arms right so like 
It's right in that area. Uh, Duncan was actually giving me shit the other day because um, on, I do no such thing ever. Yeah, on my actual my uh, ties guys, um, which is my own uh, top 100 rankings. I uh, have Slater above Sewell. Yeah, that's stupid. And it's not because it's not Sewell. Shit. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. We it's, told you this during our yeah. our draft. I, I was chalking it up to too much alcohol, but I made no, 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 no. Yeah. Before you no, got he's not your, better. Than, he's not better than Sewell. In the com- not, the, yeah, it's all play. it's all the combo position, and I love Sewell, uh, but I just I wouldn't necessarily. I don't know, and I, and maybe it's just I'm too invested in Slater at this point in time that I can't turn back that yeah. I'm just being stubborn because I'm 10 homers. I'm stubborn. <laughs> you absolutely are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> absolute, bi- absolute big 10 homer. Absolutely. The all, you realize all of the tape, that we, all the, all of the tape that we have on Sewell is when he's under the age of 20. Right. And, and I mean, I have been calling Slater the ultimate combo, but also in the same fact, Sewell can play right yeah, or Tom, left. Tom like, Brady's career oh, is he's going to be a left tackle for about 20 years. Yeah. Tom Brady's career <laughs> is older than, than P.I. Sewell. Like, think about that. Yeah. He's going to be 20 years old entering the league. He dominated it at a Power 5 conference at 17 years old. Right. He's good. Right. Like, breakout age is a, like kind of a new thing that's the last few years like, that you really look at, especially for – like if it's drastically, it's been more at wide receiver in some of those positions, but his breakout age is 17 years old. Like that's yeah. insane. Sorry, um, when you said drastically, it almost sounded like you were saying Jurassic. I was Jurassic. saying Jurassic. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden, dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun. Uh, it's uh, playing uh, in my head right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And not today. And that, uh, Which ties uh, back into <laughs> big, big things T-Rex. with little arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that T-Rex. That's Panay Sewell. <laughs> and who dominates every single Jurassic Park movie? The, the, the T-Rex. T-Rex. <laughs> T-Rex. I, just, T-Rex. I can't say anything today. Jurassic. I have a really big head and small arms. Something's <laughs> not right here. Yeah. No, I, 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 love, <laughs> I love Slater, and uh, me and Duncan were talking about it beforehand. I think that his best potential is as a guard. He's more of like uh, the, oh, uh, Zach Martin, Brandon Sheriff type, where like his tape in college is that tackle, but you see him and you're like, this is a potentially Hall of Fame guard, and, what you and that's s- great. But what's more important, right. a guard or a left tackle? It's what yeah. I want. It's what left I want Jalen Mayfield's career to be in this draft class. Sure. So. Um, what was your next? What, what's the question? Your, oh, oh, like, what's your next question? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, my, oh, I cool. did my my sleeper. Oh yeah, you haven't done yours. We yeah, got all excited. I haven't even done T-Rexes yeah. and short Sorry. arms. Yeah. We haven't even yeah. talked. Yeah. I'm a and little arms. The tangents. God, meet the Robinsons. We went That's Disney. Hilarious. We went Jurassic Park, then we went Disney. Welcome to the Pixar. Tailgate Podcast, yeah. folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's, uh, I think, damn it now, Tevin Jenkins was one of them mm. uh, because I just, I think he, I think he could end up being the second best tackle in this draft. Uh, but the, the guy who I really think is a sleeper, that I think is going to surprise a lot of people is Asante Samuel Jr. Ugh. I think he definitely has undersized. an opportunity yeah. to be just because he's undersized, mm-hmm. but that no, I, hasn't I stopped a lot of great corners. Like yeah. he has a chance to be the best corner coming out of this draft. I realize that's probably a, that's that's a heavy thing to say, given some of the other names in there. But yeah, it's, a it's heavy something thing if to we say, look just... at, if we look five years from now, he might be the the, the guy sure. who's the best out of. The I group. get it. I mean, uh, lineage. If we didn't have the two two of the top seven most athletic corners ever Understood. coming out in this draft, I would I would be all on board with that. But mm-hmm. I just think that. Those two plus Caleb Farley, if his I'm, recovery I'm goes, thinking that's, this, 
I think Samuel I mean, has what, a chance to be just he, special. Just I think all of them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be That's, a special class period. Right. For I mean, yeah, yeah, just yeah. even talk about like the Greg the, Newsom yeah, the, flying the, up boards. More, the yeah, I was like Greg Newsom, but even talk about like, a little bit further down than that. I mean, Eric Stokes further down than that. Thomas Graham from uh, Eric Oregon. Eric Stokes is new and the best, the best corner Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- you know, um, God, why can't I remember? But he's he's fast. That's what speed do. Who is the other corner from their drafts? I can't remember the from Georgia. You have your list, don't why you? Why am I blanking yeah. on that? Um, I don't know why I'm blanking. I'm, on that now too. I'm blanking. Damn it, Ty. Damn. Uh, dun, dun, mine was David Collins. Dun. Uh, you go watch the tape on David Collins. He's like all over the field on every play. Tulsa man. Uh, man. Uh, Gotta watch yeah, out for them Golden Hurricanes. Mocked right near the end of the first round. I think he his athletic ability he has the potential to be the best linebacker in this class. Uh, obviously, we talk a lot about. A lot of our darlings, as far as linebackers in this class, is uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Oh, but, nailed that! Well, that and was I so good. Love that kid, but I think Collins has potential to even be better than him. He just has a little bit more developing to go. Collins remind this reminds me very much of that he's the smaller school guy, so he's mm-hmm. he's probably he's being talked down a lot more. Right. But it reminds me very much of the Khalil Mack coming out of Buffalo situation back in fourteen. Yeah. I mean I know it's, it's an edge rusher versus a true linebacker, sure. but still of it's the guy who's just an overwhelming talent mm-hmm. at that at the lower level. But who it's anybody it's, who's watched film on him knows he's gonna succeed in the NFL. To compare it like where yeah, as far as linebackers go, where Khalil Mack, you saw the pass r- natural, natural pass rushing ability. Zayvon Collins, it's natural coverage ability. Yep. He can, Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell, yeah. Whereas that's a question <laughs> That's a question mark on the other linebacker. Yeah. Micah Parsons, Parsons. That's the knock on him is his coverage ability, whereas Zayvon Collins, he covers like a safety. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, you can – he grades out well mm-hmm. athletically that's as a, both a linebacker and a safety, right. which at his size Micah is Parsons insane. Is a douche I mean, another one that's been <laughs> – Facts. Another one's been thrown around the past week or so is Joe Tryon. I mean, he is he is a linebacker that's outside linebacker that's shooting up the boards because he can also edge rush. Yep. I mean, when you edge rush as well, when you have that like dual threat capabilities, you fly you have up to the have that as a linebacker right. nowadays to be draftable in the first round. Mm-hmm. You have to be either be dual playable in coverage mm-hmm. and as just like a natural linebacker, or you have to be a top end edge rusher, or right. else no one's no one's drafting the like just strictly middle linebacker types right. in the top of the first Unless there's anymore. something to, you know, add to their bit, or they're the most cerebral person at that point. It's still, it's just not a lot of value. Like, there's, there's not a lot of value in linebackers there. You see some of the linebackers for teams that are winning Super Bowls, and it's like you can just fill with depth in the middle rounds. Mm-hmm. Draft a rookie and plug. <clears throat> yeah. I love Devin White. Devin White played his ass off in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But he's still – he was one of the best linebackers out of that draft class, but in the same fact, you can draft a rookie right uh, linebacker and have and plug them to mm-hmm. play the role that you need them to play. Right. Um, which brings us to who do we think are maybe the duds that we think are first rounders that mm. probably have have high bustability. And I know one that we're all kind of Parsons. on Parsons, but also two that we're kind of on as well. Um, that has been mocked recently, just super, super late, but it is falling down the boards. Gregory Russo, absolutely. Yeah, the workout that he had. Just right, and Jalen, and it's, I, it's kind of like the uh, opposite of Jalen Phillips. Yeah, but obviously Phillips yeah. is rising, Russo yeah. is falling, but that's that's, that's one fair. name. And I and I read a list uh, earlier that it was talking about some of the somebody. It was somebody for CBS who's been looking at the draft, this draft process in a little bit of a different way, trying to analyze it. 
but he came up with some different facts that he has that he was like, hey, these are kind of like bold statements to make, but one of his statements that I he made that I completely agree with is he doesn't think Gregory Russo is a top 100 prospect. No, no, no. I, I think that's fair. Russo has com- just completely slid down that board, and I, I think there's a legit argument that the other two Miami edge rushers are deserve to be taken higher yep. than him at this point. Right. Um, so obviously, I do my composite list that I like to fill out, and the composite list ranking for Gregory Russo is uh, 39.6 is average position for a top player and which top has slid tremendously from where he was just but, a month ago no but that was that was what it is now what yeah. it was before that was 17 i was gonna gone say all uh, the way down to there 22 spots and there's still some places that haven't updated ridiculous. that's yeah that's ridiculous how far how far how chiefs far don't do it 31 don't don't do it okay? and especially in a year where a lot of players numbers are probably a little bit fluffed anyways yeah. to have a bad workout at a pro day where it's all hand timed and all this other stuff if your workout is bad when it's hand timed it's probably really bad when it's electronically timed up and and it's not like you can say is like well the school just didn't put on a good workout because look at what jalen phillips did right mm-hmm. so absolutely and quincy roach yeah who is your favorite non-quarterback in the first round of this draft oh that you think like favorite like their tape and everything about them just enamors you. Well, I'll go just quarterback. purely. I mean, he's a guy that I've talked up and down in this in a comparison, a lofty comparison I've made for on the field, not for off the field activity. But Devontae Smith, I really do think is the next coming of Marvin Harrison. Again, for it's on really the field killing stuff, it. not the cheese. Uh, no, but he's uh, he hasn't shot up as high on draft boards as I thought he should be. Uh, but you know, I mean, he's kind of. He's he's behind he's behind Jamar Chase and and understandably so, but just the his ability to separate is something that I haven't seen a receiver in college be able to do it as efficiently as he can. That title game, and it was just the first half. His but, size has always been in question. Yeah, I mean he's six yeah. one, but yeah, he's slender as hell. But that's about what Harrison was too. I think Harrison like played one, like six foot one eighty. And so, I think yeah. he was like 172, 173 was Devontae Smith. <clears throat> but if, if he puts on 10 pounds of muscle, he probably doesn't lose much. But just his ability to be able to escape taking hits and stuff. And, yes, he got hurt, but it was, it was a hand injury. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a freak injury. Like, that's not sure. something because he just got rocked and took a, sh- right. took a shot uh, or because he was a small guy. But how he's able to just get away from top-notch defenders, too. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think he was one of the reasons you're seeing uh, that Sean Wade has been slipping down draft boards because he got smoked quite a bit by Devontae yeah. Smith in that if, first half. If, and we've mentioned it. Sean Wade's a guy who probably shouldn't be playing outside anyways. Yeah. Uh, corner, had, had to at Ohio State because he, he was the best corner. But, but, but during the season was looked at as probably a first-round pick. Now, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. Not even that. And that's, I mean, that's a big reason why I'm huge on he's, J.C. Horn because yeah, his outside best performance against J.C. Horn – uh, Devontae Smith only had 60 yards in his mm-hmm. best game against J.C. Horn in his career. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, J.C. Horn has completely jumped up the boards, obviously given 40, given all those times as well. And Sean Smith has free fall. Like, I mean, yeah. he might be Sean six. Wade. Sean Wade. Sorry, Sean Wade. Sean Wade, because he has free fall down the boards. Because he is, like, in or everyone's top 100, he's corner. not in He got there. exposed. He's, yeah. He can't play outside yeah. against top-level speed. You so. have to really like a corner to just have him be your yeah. nickel corner. But this mm-hmm. this is but then this going back with Smith, Devontae Smith, that's one of the reasons I love him so much is he is a guy that can come in and be an instant impact player for sure. a young quarterback. And that's one of the reasons I've so much have said I would love to see Miami go and get him at six. 
And I, I mean, if Chase high. is still there, I think that's Stewart. But if Chase is gone, high. if Chase is gone, I go Smith at six because again, he already has a familiarity with Tagovailoa, and I think he can be an eraser for some of Tagovailoa's issues. In this draft, though, he's not the third best non-quarterback in this draft. And that's basically what you're. I don't think so. (laughs) Like as good as he can be, I I don't think he's close to Chase at all in any aspect. I don't think he's close to Pitts. I think both of the tackles are better than him. Like you, and that's when you're picking that high, you have to go best player available. And I understand that, but of course, again, the comparison I'm making is to Marvin Harrison. And if he does become the next Marvin Harrison, he will be full well worth the sixth. Marvin Harrison was also partially Marvin Harrison because he played with Peyton Manning. True, but he also helped turn Peyton Manning into as productive as he was off the bat because Harrison was that first receiver before they got Reggie Wayne, before they got Dallas think, Clark. Like, I think Peyton Manning proved enough over oh, his no, career no, no, garbage receivers like, that he, like it didn't Harrison matter benefited who he had. more, but Harrison, I think, I think it helped. I think they helped each other, and I For think sure. Smith can do a lot of those same things. So I'm, I'm very high on Smith, but that's why, yes, that's, yeah. that's a non-QB. Yeah, I'm very, very annoyed cool. with. Yeah, mine's Sewell. Like, when you look at this. I've talked about it many times. Dominating mm-hmm. in a Power 5 conference at 17 years old. See how strong he is, how fluid he is. Like, just the short arms have never hindered him on tape. Uh, he's just – he's my certified freak. Like, or yeah, one of my certified freaks yeah. in this draft. Just crazy good. Uh, honestly, I mean, we've already mentioned his name for mine. Um, but I love this kid for a little bit there uh, for a long time because I'm watching him play and just – the, the tape and how fast he is with J.C. Horn. I mean, I've, I've been talking about him before. I mean, yeah. when we first started talking about him on the, on the thing, he was slated to go to, you know, I mean, obviously with Caleb Farley injury, but he was, slated, he was slated to go to all the way down to the Chiefs and Buffalo and all these, yeah, those, like, and super, super late rounds. And I was like, man, this kid's special. Yeah, he graduated. He was one who gradually yeah. worked his way up the board. He was like, yeah. yeah, late first, and then all of a sudden he was middle of the first. Mm-hmm. Then you started, like, really seeing and the Caleb workouts, and you're like, boom. Oh, yeah, there's – top of the first round i mean yeah cable farley getting hurt helps because you don't have a legitimate recent workout of him but with him legitimately having the number one overall workout in the last over 30 years at corner is insane like he is number one out of like 1700 corners since 1987 in overall workout numbers, which is crazy. It's yeah. it's crazy, but and what he he has though is a lot of the production in college to back it up. But now I'm just I yeah, just am very intrigued to see what him and again all these other corners do. Yeah. Once they're actually covering NFL receivers. Yeah. So yeah. Sertan yeah. <clears throat> is another one who like it's really hard for defensive backs to start as freshmen at Alabama, and he's one of him and. Minka Fitzpatrick. We're the only two. I think are two of the only ones yeah, overall in Saban's tenure that have started as freshmen. Sorry, I'm having I mean, yeah, I mean, we we talked about it before. Where um, we were before, like the first thing that we did on the prospects, we were talking about the comparison between Sertan and uh, Caleb Farley, and how we said Caleb Farley might be more athletic, but Sertan is probably the most well-rounded, and it's one of those things where obviously the injury to to Farley helped project him that much further mm-hmm. but in the same fact i mean uh we'll see what happens with all but he also comes from good football stock i mean you don't like to talk about people like that but i mean like his dad has been grilling football in his head for the longest time i think with how many like kids of i mean uh, asante samuel football well. players i was yeah. gonna say yeah. samuel yeah. sertan i mean yeah. i mean there's one i'm forgetting Four? Saw, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah all three yeah are coming from very good lineages but and we've seen 
that in the past few years. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr., think about how big he was for Tampa Bay last year. Literally saved them a couple games in general, but just overall was one of the best uh, safeties in last year's draft, and his lineage did help him. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously the tape and being clearly one of the best safeties in college football helped him too, but like you don't think he didn't build up that name because he was Antoine right. Winfield's son. When you recognize it, you recognize it. You Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, who is someone whose workout you just – the certified freaks of this draft? Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts has to be near the top. Seven days a week, man. <laughs> certified freak. Uh, you think about him, like his numbers grade well for a – tight end and a wide receiver he has one of the biggest catch radiuses that ever. has ever ever yeah. ever ever come about and yeah. I'm, we've seen a, and i just want to remind people we've seen a lot of really good catch radiuses come about from different wide receivers and people that have slid down the boards and all that stuff last year was huge for that right he has the biggest ever uh I, I, one who he's purely just a workout warrior and that's one of the reasons that he probably will go in the first round, but Jason Owe out of Penn State. Uh, I mean, you look at that, that's a defensive end, an edge rusher who just ran a 4 3 6 40. Right. I mean, that's absolutely insane to think about. Yeah, he might not have had a lot of stats when we talked about it as well. But hold him back, but, um, but that's watching a lot of linebacker tape this past will week. Him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Somebody uh, watching a lot of linebacker tape this week, um, there's a lot of times where because he was so quick on the outside that he was able to force a play inside, and Michael Parsons made the tackle. Yeah. And that's like, and that, I mean, that just kind of goes back to our narrative of, is Michael Parsons really worth it? You know, is is he a great thing? Or is he, was he just the fruitful part of a system where Owe was so quick around the outside that they had no answer, so he so the, they had to cut it back inside, and Michael Parsons made the play. I mean, Michael Parsons is just a fantastic athlete who struggles in certain areas of his game. And I don't think the value is there. To like everyone, he's rated as like a top 10 mm -hmm. pick by a lot of experts and even – at one point was rated as a top five and you just see other linebackers tape where they're not getting as much help right and like jeremiah wusu koromoa mm -hmm. yeah. his processing is way better than parsons but yeah i think i think that that's yeah, my certified play freak. Into, uh, oh, yeah. yeah that's He's, my certified freak i was gonna say that like the way he processes plays is insane yeah um and he is a physically great linebacker or he has some mm -hmm. really good traits but when you think about defensive IQ, that kid has it. Hmm. You know, and like when you talk about football yeah. IQ, football IQ is a major, major thing. And I think we could be looking sure. at players that you often look at, like, you know, like maybe hope, maybe he's, you know, Keekle or, you know, maybe. Keekly. Keekly. Keekle. 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lack of sleep is really starting to get to me today. Stinker tinker. New father uh, man. syndrome. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. My, my only concern with, with him, though, is he is undersized. And that's something right. that does not like. That's something that can definitely be overcome by the great players, but there's a reason in some of these draft boards I've seen he's been lifted, listed as a safety instead. Mm. It's because he is only six foot, two hundred and eighteen, two hundred nineteen pounds. That's definitely there is size concerns for him. Mm. But again, when you just watch the tape, you're like, this is a, he's a, he's a player, mm. yeah. regardless. In the, and in the 
like the modern NFL, like a lot of teams are playing borderline safeties. Yes, yeah. their third linebacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're having two legit linebackers and then a guy who can float between both. So, and that's and that's basically my point is he just yeah. the right team with the smart defensive coaches need to take him who will put him in the best situation to succeed. Like, uh, Utilize his skill set. Absolutely. Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. Simmons that's last year. The name I was thinking. Uh, yeah. If you plug him in to just play linebacker, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Right. If you play him all over the field and play to his strengths, he's going to be. And fantastic. Arizona didn't figure that out last year. Right. Right. So. And I mean, hopefully, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that we talked about in our very, very first podcast was, mm-hmm. man, I love this player. I, I kind of like the system where he went to, but man, they talked about just using utilizing him as a linebacker, yeah. and that's a mistake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the mistakes with uh, your Michigan kid coming out. Uh, went to Bush. No, no, not him at all. Uh, um, I was like, Bush did good. It was the defensive back who oh, Jabril Peppers. Oh, Jabril Peppers. Yeah, Peppers. Uh, just try to play him just at safety or just here, and it's like that's not you, what he you, is. You have to take advantage of these chess players. Yeah. Like you look at what the Chiefs have done with Teron Matthew. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely one of the best examples. Of he was that. definitely mm-hmm. guilty of the uh, Charles Woodson mantle, like coming out mm-hmm. where like Charles Woodson did everything for Michigan, but Charles Woodson was yeah. a defensive back first overall. Right. Jabril Peppers was not. He yeah, was I a mean, utility player. Jabril Peppers won. Big Ten linebacker and defensive back of the year in the same season. Right. Like that alone. Yeah. He should did, he have won Big Ten linebacker of the year? No. no. Absolutely should. One hundred percent no. No. Um, Love the guy to death. No. Josie Jewell played in the in the Big Ten at the same time as him. He was a much better linebacker. Should have been Neiman. Yeah. Facts. And Nick Neiman, who is a certified freak also in this draft. He ran like a four three six at Iowa's Pro Day. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. That's probably fluffed a little bit, but that like for a linebacker no matter what even if it's like 4-4 four, four or something like mm-hmm. that's insane um yeah who's all right well <clears throat> quarterbacks at the top who do you think i mean obviously you can say trevor lawrence and, and you can be 100 percent right or whatever but of the quarterbacks if your team had to draft one of the guys at the top who would you be the most ecstatic about so if the Chiefs had the first overall pick, yeah. which quarterback? So which quarterback would I for your system for? And it, if you can be Trevor Lawrence, it doesn't matter for the Chiefs system. I'd be most thrilled with with Zach Wilson. I mean that's because we've seen what they've done with Patrick Mahomes, and so Andy Reid and the coaching staff would do probably similar things with Zach Wilson. Right. And honestly, that's one of the coaching systems that I'd say I trust. Like honestly, yeah. as much as I want to say Zach Wilson for the Lions, I don't trust the Lions would do him justice. Because he is a player that this past year he has benefited off of the COVID year. He was good beforehand, but he was playing a lot of bad teams that he was able to just hip throw and throw a lot of deep balls and just try to experiment with his arm. And sometimes that goes awry the first year in in the NFL. And we'll see what happens, but he does need probably a little bit of development. Mm -hmm. They all do. Um, And so if if I'm not doing Trevor Lawrence, if I'm not doing Zach Wilson, just because I don't think the Lions would do him justice, honestly, I will completely double down and go with the next I, I probably would. I'm not the next, but I would 100% go Justin Fields because I feel mm. he has a good handle on extending the play with his legs, mm. and that's been a new thing. Obviously, but he doesn't rely field. on it. But like, he doesn't rely on it. Yeah. And so that's that's who I would go next. Skipping over Trey Lance, skipping over obviously <laughs> Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, all that stuff. So. Yeah, I I actually agree. You, I, actually I think Kyle that. Trask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. T- no, Trask, no, I'm man. actually gonna go Trask. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Davis Mills. No. <laughs> no, I, I I actually agree with you with, with Fields. I I think that he would play the best in the Cowboys system. I think 
with uh, what the numbers show on throwing t past his first target uh, is huge. Like he clearly processes the field better at this point in his life than any other quarterback in the draft. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, like I said, he doesn't. He can run, but he doesn't rely on it. And honestly, when you watch him on tape, there's some situations where you're like, man, he should, probably should have run it there right. instead of chucking it down to your I'm third third option but i mean I've, I've loved that kid for a while i've said it before with justin fields and i it blew my mind when so many people were like early on this was early early on in the the offseason process but when people were like okay the cowboys need to go and you know let let him walk or go trade Dak Prescott and go get Justin Fields. And I was like, why? Justin Fields <laughs> upside is probably a slightly better Dak Prescott. It's ceiling. Yeah, yeah. If he if he gets to yeah. I, and I that's agree. not that's not a knock on him. It's not a knock on Dak or him. That's a fantastic I career. think Dak at his best is a top five quarterback mm -hmm. and a, definitely a guy who could take the Cowboys to the Super Bowl and and probably win in a lot of mm -hmm. circumstances. And I think Justin Fields, if he had not gone up against the juggernaut that was Alabama this last year or uh, LSU the year before could have won a national title at Ohio state for sure. I mean, he should have, yeah, he should have been the team playing LSU in the title game. Mm -hmm. They kind of got screwed over against uh, Clemson last year, but yeah, I mean, you look at the disparity. I, I, I think I mentioned to you guys is like, if, if you, what's impressive to me about Justin Fields, it, do you think you like, if you take all the other quarterbacks and put them in his situation, with like what, like his receivers. I mean, Chris Olave is going to be a workout wonder next year. Like he's very, very fast, but I don't still maybe not a first round receiver. Mm -hmm. Even like some of the fastest wide receivers that of that system at Ohio State don't tend to go that high. Um, could other quarterbacks in this draft? raise those guys to where Justin Fields is. I, I don't think so. I think Trevor Lawrence could have kept hmm. doing the same things he, he did at Clemson. I think he would have done the same things at Ohio State. I think he is just one of those truly special college quarterbacks, period. Sure. Um, but How strong of an arm point, does the backup have? Huh? Who? How, how strong of an arm does the backup have? For Clemson or Ohio State? Ohio State. I don't, know. I don't know. Nobody knows. I was going to say Youngalele. DJ Youngalele for Clemson. I'm saying the other quarterbacks in this class. Oh, okay. If gotcha, you put gotcha. them in in Justin Fields' situation, his his surrounding talent, do you think that they could be as productive? Obviously, like it's better. It would be better for uh, Zach Wilson. That's better talent. Better for overall. Trey Lance too, because honestly, you're, you've got me intrigued now mm. at just what kind of numbers those guys might have put up. And no, they didn't have the sure. talent that. You know, Burrow had at LSU or mm -hmm. Mac Jones had at uh, Alabama. Some of the mm -hmm. talent that we know Trevor Lawrence had at Clemson. But you're still – you still have four- and five-star recruits For at sure. Ohio State playing at skill positions. And so if you take a guy who had success at – I hesitate to call BYU a lower school, but definitely lower than the other schools. Is. But – or to, if you put Trey Lance not in D2 – Mm. Uh, or the F do you, FCS. Um, do you think Zach Wilson would be more <laughs> – would put I, up better you, numbers throwing to Mitt Romney's 
nephew or to Devonte smith because that's legitimately the difference well and that's and that's the thing is <laughs> like, i mean he was thrown to mitt romney's nephew i'll take mitt romney's <laughs> nephew <laughs> and you also look at we've, we've mentioned before the question mark of the the byu coaching staff in their game against coastal carolina which we were so thrilled yeah. that they did and then at the end of the game uh, you got second and short and you're going to run on two straight right. plays to try to get the first down mm. you've got zach freaking wilson dude yeah. like what are you doing yeah. And then when he finally does get a chance with, what, under a minute to go, he gets him all the way down to the half-yard line. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, he's a freak. And just to wonder what he could have done at an Ohio State, at a Clemson. Yeah. It's, it's, and I'm very much, I've mentioned before, I love what-if scenarios, and that yeah. is a very fun one. Yeah. Same with Trey Lance. Yeah. I guess uh, I mean, quarterbacks around. Uh, further, further down the board, Davis Mills. I mean, like, he's he's been mocked. Like, not, I shouldn't say mocked. I mean, he's, he's like your late quarterback yeah. off the board. I mean, I've seen him as hot. Like, there's ES, national pundits that think that he's possibly a first-round pick. Yes, which wow. seen that recently. That is a very recent thing, and it's not he's, necessarily a draft guru. He might be jumping guru, Trask in the draft order. I think that it's probably it might have happened. It probably has already happened with oh, the scouts, but the media. it always takes the media a little bit to catch up to where the I, scouts are actually. I think at, we've but. seen that Trask was very much – I mean, he's – He's, he could probably be a, a serviceable starter at some point in the NFL and mm -hmm. definitely a high-quality backup. Oh, but I think we're seeing he benefited very much. Unlike where Joe Burrow elevated along with the talent, yeah. Mac Jones, I think, elevated not to the level of Burrow, but still elevated with the talent. Mac Jones screams um, Chase Dean. We got to see how Kyle Trask was without Kyle Pitts this year. And, it right. and Kadarius Toney, for and, that yeah. matter, too. And it was very ugly. And yes. so and that's where it does make you wonder with these quarterbacks that definitely have more arm talent and just maybe have that moxie that you need to have to be a, a successful quarterback like the Trey Lances and like the uh, uh, Zach Wilsons, what they could have done at a Florida. Or like think about what they could have done instead of uh, Sam Ellinger at Texas or something. I mean, would they be the ones that, that finally would have put Texas over? Like it's, there's just so many – Things you wonder if these guys would have had opportunities at the schools that would have afforded them much better talent and more resources to for them to elevate their game. For I sure. mean, we could also mention uh, players that are being thrust off the board just because of um, things that they did. Like Kellen Mond is being thrust off the board just because he was a senior bowl MVP. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of national pundits that are taking him as the third or fourth or fifth quarterback off the board. And it's like, I don't necessarily think he deserves it. But, you know, like this is – this is the year for that because this is the year of the question mark. I've seen him higher than the sixth. Really? Like, I was I don't, say I don't, third or four. Yeah, I mean, I that's still top ten yeah, territory right now. Yeah, well, the, I've definitely yeah. seen. I, I've, I've definitely seen, seen or heard at least a couple of the podcasts I listened to that were talking about Kellen Mond just being forced up a little bit and just. Uh, of, I believe just that because of what sure. he's done. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he had a fantastic career. Or like, but. I mean, you look at the tape, there's a lot of bad in there, too. And there's even a lot of bad in the Senior Bowl. There's a lot of bad in the Senior Bowl. Uh, whole first half in the Senior Bowl. There wasn't a lot of good quarterback in this quarterback play in the Senior Bowl at all. So, I, 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 if, if he even went in the back of the first round early second, I'd be shocked. Mm. Like, that's way too high for him. Mm. And this isn't always – it's, it's, we've seen it's not a surefire indicator of future NFL success. Mm -hmm. But how many Jimbo Fisher quarterbacks – that ended up being drafted highly ultimately were worth where they were taken. Right. We've, we've seen three Florida State quarterbacks go in the first round from Jim under Jimbo Fisher's era. Mm -hmm. And I actually, Ponder might have still been under Bowden. I can't but remember. But Fisher was still his offensive coordinator. But Fisher coordinator. was still there. Yeah. 
And so between Christian Ponder, E.J. Manuel, and then Jameis Winston, yes, he's been the most successful. Jameis for Jameis, one that was that? The number one overall pick and still has shown that he was definitely not worthy of that. I mean, 30-30, right. baby. Now he's but, in a quarterback competition with another Mormon. <laughs> that's true. For goodness sake. Um, <laughs> but true. Uh, it's, yeah, I just, uh, it's Kellen Mond. I, I, I have a, I hesitate to really mm. thrust off the board. I think this is something as we're getting so close to the draft, they're running out of stuff to talk about. Right. I think and a lot of people just are just This is what we yeah. see. Things get overanalyzed. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people are pointing, even though it's a different school, I think a lot of people are pointing to that. They're trying to find the Dak Prescott. In this draft class, that's like the one that's kind of like written this, off. Well, yeah, you have to factor in Dak was a projected top of the second round quarterback, right? But that's and what I'm saying. I think that's DUI what they're trying to that dropped him yeah. down two rounds. Like yeah. he was considered to be one of the better quarterbacks in the draft. If, they there, just, if there's a mid round quarterback that breaks out and becomes a surprise star in the NFL, I think it's probably Jamie Newman. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that, Jamie mm -hmm. Newman. Because yep. I mean, you're off the all arm, that stuff. Newman. Yeah, and the arm arm talent's insane. Huh? Yeah, but I mean, 100%. Like, I think that that's what they're fishing for right now is they're fishing that Mon is going to be the next Dak when we're all just like, I don't no. think Mon's going to be the next Dak, dude. Dak at his best, like, you compare their best years mm -hmm. against each other. It's not even close. I mean, even just Just watch, because their college yeah. uniforms look alike. That's yeah. all they've got right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he looks like Dak Prescott. Well, no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, when we go back to, like, Gruden's QB camp, I mean, Dak Prescott had a really good Q Gruden's QB camp. Yeah, I mean, he had very good tape his last year in college. Yeah. He, he improved every year. Um, yeah, and it's done that as a pro, too. He's been okay. <laughs> it's been all right. No, not last year. Wow. Wow. You're broke, a dick. He broke a leg. Can we, like, can we stamp something on Ty's forehead right now? In, yeah, he was, in, only, he was only on track for like, wow. 5,900 yards. What Actually, a dick. one of my favorite stats throughout the entire year was, uh, like, multiple quarterbacks. How late in the season he was still. <laughs> yeah, Cam Newton was a key one. Like, he outpassed Cam Newton for the season. <laughs> for the entire like, season. For the season. Oh, yeah, that was, that was really fun to track because he was on wow. a ridiculous – Track. I mean, he was yeah. what five five games into the season when he got injured, yeah, mm -hmm. and he was on track for fifty nine hundred. I was going to say he was on track for damn near six, like yeah. sixty touchdowns. Yeah. It was oh man, it was hilarious. Cam Newton, the fact that like that was like yeah. I, I keep on chuckling every time I see it. And Cam yeah. Newton's going to be the starter, uh, although there are rumors that he should he be wins. on that roster. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of talent there. Um, getting back to just away from, away from the quarterbacks, and maybe maybe you will mention a quarterback specifically, Ty. Uh, <laughs> Can't tell me how to live my life. Well, uh, I just know how, how high on certain players you are in this draft. Your own team, what's your dream pick at the top of the, or uh, where you're drafting? Oh, man. Like, well, that makes and, sense. It has to make sense for where you're drafting. And you. this is something where I mentioned before the show, and it is something that it's unlikely to happen, happen but it is plausible, given that he is slipping down draft boards. And as much as I have been outspoken that I do not want to see the Chiefs take a cornerback – if Caleb Farley does fall down that draft board and ends up available to the Chiefs at 31, Ugh. I know I, I badly want to tackle. But if they're – huh? I think it's more likely than not that he will be. There. At this point, it might I mean, be, I, yeah. I, I but, told Duncan yesterday I'd be shocked as hell if he fell past Buffalo. I think Buffalo would be that team that pulls the trigger. But, but it's still something that this is a plausible – something that could definitely happen. And so this is a plausible scenario. Right. And – it depends who what tackles were available there. But say if Jenkins is already gone, Darisaw is already gone, just some of the ones that seem to be would not be reaches at thirty one mm -hmm. for the Chiefs. 
then I think if those guys are gone, I think Caleb Farley would make the most sense. And that is an opportunity where you rarely get a true franchise player at 31, you're drafting at 31. And that would be an opportunity for the Chiefs to create a secondary moving forward that would be among the NFL's best, Mm -hmm. if not the best, with Farley. And of course, that hinges on him staying healthy and this back issues ultimately being non-factors moving forward. Mm -hmm. But Legereus Sneed... Juan Thornhill, and then Teron Matthew being the leader of that. I mean, can you imagine if Teron Matthew is out there as your lead bulldog yeah. with though with that kind of talent right. around him for him mm-hmm. to to coach up essentially? Like mm-hmm. that would be the rest of the AFC West would be like, well, shit. Good thing we don't have to deal with a good quarterback. Oh, damn it! We got that Mahomes guy too. On we the other fucked side. that one up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad drafting to just limit yourself to like, oh, we have to draft this position. Unless you're at the top of the draft and you absolutely need a quarterback and you have your pick of like the Jaguars are the only team that should like one of the only teams that should be locked into one position. If you're drafting at 31, you shouldn't be locked in. We have to draft tackle. That's bad drafting. If all the tackles go that are first round rated go before you, you should not reach for a second round tackle just because you need a tackle. We look at it as as it happened last year live on KCPN before it was KCPN. When Damon Arnett's name was called, that was an example of a team that was like, oh, crap, they just took our corner. corner. Yeah, we need a corner. He's our our best corner on the board because they just drafted the other one, so let's take Arnett. Whereas there's a a complete on the completely opposite end of the spectrum. (laughs) A team that didn't do that was my team, who everybody said they have to go defense. They have to go pass rush. They have to go this. They have to go that. They would have needed this year. They go, I know we have Amari Cooper and we have – uh, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, but Michael Slowtrot. <laughs> Slowtrot, uh, but You're a when you have a player ass. like Ceedee Lamb fall to seventeen, you absolutely have to take him. Right, and the, I even picked against that. I was like, man, this is this is the guy that everybody thinks that the, the Jerry can't can't uh, go against the wow what? factor. But I still took wow the defensive player wow. because I was like, wow. we have to go wow. defense. Wow. Wow. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's bad drafting. And, yeah, if you know. have a top-end corner available right there and you think that the injuries aren't, aren't that bad, you would be stupid not to take fall. Can confirm. Jerry uh, Jerry Jones is not more broke than Owen Wilson's nose, but that's a different topic. No, he's doing pretty well for yeah, himself. doing pretty well. Well, uh, it's, uh, Mine in this draft, as far as, like, my dream picks, it's actually a tie between two players. Not at all necessary at needs, oh, yeah. but Kyle Pitts and Panay Sewell. If oh, yeah. either of those guys are available at ten, and the Cowboys don't take them, even with the even dum, if the two dum, dum. corners are available, I I'll be beside myself. And not to mention too the, the the favor they would be doing for Philadelphia right there at twelve. Oh, one hundred percent. You're just going to hand them one of the two best non-quarterback, like one of the two best players available yeah, in that Jerry draft. Jerry ain't doing that. No, exactly. <laughs> Jerry ain't doing and that's that. where I, that's where I understand you'd be even more beside yourself. Yep. It's like, well, well not only here that. you go. Oh, the Giants the, too. The, yeah, yeah, the two teams right after the Cowboys in the draft are Philly and the Giants. Mm-hmm. So you can't Poor hand Washington at nineteen. One of the, like, oh, guys, we want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I like football too. It was it was just a battle for who wanted to be at the top, near the top of the first round, or who you're like, haha, that's what you right get for winning this shitty ass division. Now yep. you're at nineteen. We're at ten, eleven, and twelve. Sucker. Oh, man. Yeah. The best part about that is the fact that it literally is like little brother syndrome where it's like these three are up here. And then all of a sudden, like, Washington's like, wait, I'm a football <laughs> team, too. We need more. Yeah. Mom's yelling out there, 
Let him play. <laughs> yeah, is that, division, is is that division Detroit. title worth it now that you're not going to be available to get no. one of your quarterbacks? <sighs> That's why, I, like, as much as it sucks as a fan to be that way, but I was team tank. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I don't want to win this division this year. I don't want to win it without Dak. Right. I want it re- to reload. Like, you're going to be a one out in the playoffs for sure. Mm. Like, no. Like, and it was Philly that did it. I mean, yeah, I had the same thing about the Lions. You know, we're going to be one of the worst teams. We might as well just tank this year, last year, the year before. Yeah, you could have made that. the playoffs and just chose not to. Uh, the year before that. Year the year before, before that. that. We hopped out. <laughs> Until four, 2014, you got to keep saying. We opted out of the season. Uh, Congratulations, you guys. Who's, who's your player? Ago, we opted uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Uh, I mean, as much as I want. Above you, any of the quarterbacks? I, I mean, yeah, I will say that. I mean, All right. I, I Trevor Lawrence right there at seven. thoroughly love Trevor Lawrence. I love Zach Wilson. Um, well, I said realistic. You can't get Trevor Lawrence. He's right. one. I can't, one I can't get any one of those. Um, whereas, like, I had that one draft where we did the where I sent you guys on the text message where it happened that Zach Wilson fell in that mock, and I was like, "This is not going to happen." But and I got him. But I got him. <laughs> but man, it's it's Jamar Chase. It's, yeah. uh, I think he is a fantastic receiver. I can't wait to see what he does in the pros. Mm-hmm. Even opting out a year, if I if I was given the opportunity, I'd smash that like button one hundred percent and be like, "This is it. This is the guy I want." Yeah. You are ch- you are charging up to the stage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chase, 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 chase. Do you guys chase. see uh, they just released you guys know the Minnesota you're Vikings keep me calm released, the, the board. released the video of the or the audio between uh, like their draft room last year when the Eagles took Rager and they they were like they knew they were getting Jefferson. They were like all of them face lit up. They're like, You got Justin Jefferson written down yet? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's ours. Well also how many times have we seen the Vikings be the ones that screw up that, yeah. that getting up to the stage on during the first round pick. I mean mm-hmm. legitimately have fallen from their original pick because yeah. They, they flubbed up that situation. Mm-hmm. Duncan, that was a good pick. We had a, we had a good pick that one. Justin Jefferson, you know, it was good. We nailed that. What's up? Hey, Aaron. How you doing? What's up, man? What was Dubs. my pick? Wow, wow. I feel attacked. Ty, that was your first time ever winning the draft games. <laughs> You're welcome. He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not first wrong. one that I participate in. Yeah. Gee. Weird. And Grant, Grant did fantastic, too. He was he was very well I prepared. want to crush them. <laughs> That's our mentality this year. Yes. Yes, it is. For you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking Spoiler. of which, Anyways, the draft game is... Mm, Get your shit together. By the time this airs, eight days away. Um, so excited. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't uh, wait. <laughs> Bart Scott over here. Just, we'll see you in Pittsburgh. I'm not going to Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Maybe Pittsburgh, Kansas. Yeah, I don't think I want to go there either. Well, Aaron, you have nieces there, so you're fine. Oh, well. And they have really good fried chicken down there. Ooh, I do like fried chicken. Chicken Annie's and chicken Mary's. Damn it, get right to the fat guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cut right to the heart of me. (laughs) The chicken's already doing that, so. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Not yet. I'm not there. Um, Yeah, uh, that is one of our favorite days of the year. Um, But we have a very unique draft game. Kind of want to go over a little bit of uh, the rules of that. So how we do this game, uh, each team will probably, I'm going to assume this year we'll just do a coin flip. Last, right. Previous years we did it based on like who was the winner the year before, got their choice. Be I thought their, we were going to do Fight Club this time. Yeah. Who's going to represent us? Grant? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I got Unre- this. <laughs> Unleash a rabid Grant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, yeah we gotta, we're going to send the robot in. That's <laughs> for sure. The Ivan Drago the motherfucker. <laughs> He's not man. Yeah, we're bringing in a He's ringer. A yeah. uh, if but he dies, he dies. You are assigned either evens or odds. Uh, you can Teams can feel free to trade. 
if they want to. We, I don't feel like we've had very many trades no. in the last few years. I mean, last year was really weird to... because of it. The year before, we had a lot of trades, but that was because we were all trying to line up the different picks that we wanted. Um, but, yeah, last year we didn't have a lot of trades, but we had no idea what was happening. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Thank uh, you, Kobe. kind of just had to get comfortable with the players that were on your board. Um, but... Uh, each correct pick is worth five points. Uh, if you don't get the right player, but you get the right position, so say you pick Justin Fields and Trey Lance gets picked, that's worth three points. Um, if you pick the right side of the ball, so if it's an offensive player and you picked an offensive player, it's worth one point. Justin um, Fields and Justin Jefferson. Sure. Or, not last year. Whatever. <laughs> we all know where Justin going. Jefferson in this class. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like literally. I'm watching highlight videos in my head because of ADHD on Justin Jefferson this year. But so yeah, that's worth one point. Uh, then we have three. Uh, call it a steal or a challenge. Challenge. Challenge works as a more of a wager. So you take five of your points. You're wagering against mm. theirs. If uh, they get it wrong and you get it right, or whoever whoever gets it right. It's worth 10 points. If both get it wrong, the person who challenged, it's negative five points. You were never, but you were never docked points mm -hmm. for being challenged. But also the thing to add on that one is you do not get points for right side of the football or anything. No, like. yeah. It's all or no. Well, the, the person picking. Right, the person if, picking say, points. Like if the person picking takes a quarterback and it is a quarterback, but it's not theirs and they get challenged and that person still doesn't get it right. The original person still gets points. For that. The challenger loses. Uh, the challenger always is the only person who can lose in that situation. All or nothing. Have All to or get nothing. The player right. But the person being challenged can also win that 10 points because it is still technically a wager against them. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's it for the overall like scoring rules, yeah, right? That's yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so wanted a way to build up more points, and it's our way of like making it more interactive back and forth and uh making the draft a little bit more fun for when it's not your team picking because before it was just like uh, i'm waiting for my team to pick and three picks left and you don't really care after that yeah and you Two know if, uh, if you're starting to slip behind a little bit throw your hail mary and for sure get yourself right back in the game or, or bury yourself bury yourself like we did last year a lot of shooting ourselves don't you, in put, the don't you put we in that you've got you, you that's we on just you you did that last year, shot yourself in the foot. It wasn't just me. Well, no, it was not just you, but out of there the was... three people sitting at this table. Well, yeah, no, I, I get that, but I wasn't yeah. the only one. Like, the, we, the thing that was most frustrating last year in the game was someone in our group would usually have said the pick right, mm -hmm. and we would talk ourselves out of it. Like, two of the other ones would talk ourselves out of it, and then... In, yeah, it was frustrating as a team because we're like, man, if we just like that's, weren't that's what us football people stupid. do, man. We talk ourselves in yeah. and out of things. That's why Kellen Mel Kellen Mond's apparently moving up draft boards. Yeah, and I mean, even as a Cowboys fan, I most of the time don't get the Cowboys pick right because mm -hmm. I second guess things, even when it's very obvious who they're taking. Um, also, they I, take. I mean, I think we should take this time to go ahead and say, I mean, what we're we are making this for charity mm -hmm. because it's near and dear to our hearts yep. uh, when it comes down to it. And the charity that we've chosen this year is 87 and running. It's Travis Kelsey's foundation. Yep. Um, it is, uh, I was going to say, I'll honestly just read their, what they, what we do, their mission statement, just because it does kind of ring true. And we just want you guys to know like what we as sure. a podcast are actually supporting. Um, 
So the 87th running mission statement is our, our mission is to empower disadvantaged youth to achieve success by providing resources and support to their communities and cultivating their talent in areas of education, business, athletics, STEM, and the arts. We seek to change the outcomes of underserved youth in the communities across the U.S. by creating accesses to opportunities, enrichment, and advancement. If, if anything at all, uh, go to our Facebooks, look at all the uh, GoFundMes that we have, and donate money. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not about, obviously, us just having fun. I mean, it, it is fun for us, but like this is not about us just being like, look how knowledgeable we are about the draft, and this is not about the game. Honestly, at the end of the day, this is about the kids, and yep. this is what we want to cement that. Mm-hmm. 87th running, man. Support it. So win, win, win. Like it's, it's all the freaking wins in the book is to be able to help out a foundation that is supporting kids for us to be able to push what we are doing on the tailgate podcast and, and KCPN. I mean, yep. this is what we, we want. These are, these are unique, special things in Kansas city. And we obviously have a great deal of love in particular for Travis Kelsey. And, but he's doing some great things with his foundation. And we want to be a part of that. In addition to building up what we're doing here in Kansas city with KCPN and our beloved tailgate podcast. Let's do this. Yes. The, uh, the draft game is one of our favorite things and to, turn it into something that benefits other people is something that like we've talked about for a couple of years. The dubs. <laughs> the dubs. Uh, so yeah. Anything else you guys want to cover with the draft? Like the, I don't think so. I don't even know where we're at on time to be honest, but do we, do we have a, do we have time? We're running. Right. All right, cool. Right. Cool. Let's do this. Um, anything, uh, baseball wise you want to talk about Duncan? I really just wanted to talk about Salvador freaking Perez. I mean, that's, and I, Having a great, I talked about great him. Yeah. I talked about him a little bit yesterday on, on, on my episode of tapped in, but what he is doing right now is just absolutely bananas mm-hmm. and great week. No, I expected you to go Gwen Stefani right there. This shit is bananas. That, that, that's A-N-A-N-A-S. better. That's better. <laughs> that was, that was actually the closest Gwen Stefani from Impersonation I've ever heard. Is it bad that I almost like forgot how to spell banana because you put me on the spot? <laughs> no, No, I've seen a I've seen a video on on YouTube recently of of a gamer that pretty much tried to do the song and B A N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N N 4 for 4 to get up to 1000 career hits. Tuesday, he had the walk-off pickoff to end the game, picking off when uh, it was a bad pitch. He blocked it in the dirt, but the man was too far off third. Just bullet to third base and uh, was able to get the tag out. Wednesday, that's my go favorite home. play of the week, by huh? the way. That was my favorite play. Of oh, the I week. loved it, man. Are you <laughs> was, kidding me? Ugh. Uh Wednesday, go ahead home run. Thursday, nothing. Friday, nothing. The rain out. Then Saturday, walk-off home run. Sunday, the go-ahead two-run home run. Salvador freaking Perez, folks. Like, 31 years old. Still just out there. 30, he's almost 31, but just out there absolutely crushing it. It's insane. Like, I love so much. And I said on, on Tapped In yesterday, I think that right now he can definitively be called the best catcher in the game. Yes. Fair. Yeah, that's for as far as impacting yeah. his team. And the Royals, obviously, off to the hot start. Look fantastic. Uh, still... One of only two teams that hasn't lost a series, yep. right? Yeah, them and the Dodgers. Yeah, only the you know defending World Series, Series champions. Chance. Yeah, uh, this. Uh, the, I mean, I've we seen... talked about the offense for this team. 
I mean, that was yeah. preseason, man. The yeah. offense for this team well, was phenomenal. There's been some there's been some struggles, but the bullpen has been lights out and mm-hmm. the starting pitching is really you're seeing Brad Keller's coming off his best start of the season, Brady Singer's coming off his best mm-hmm. start of the season. Uh Danny Duffy continues to put together good starts. Uh just even last night, I mean, he still went into the sixth and he's playing great, but he's mm-hmm. he's just there the guys are getting out there on the bump and making a difference and the big acquisition, Mike Miner, has been the one that he just he's he's been kind of scuttling along like a five something ERA, but lately he's been the one that hasn't been carrying carrying his his uh, share of the burden. And then Jacob Junis too just continues to prove that he deserves more opportunities to get in the rotation. And yeah, it's yeah. I'm, again, I talk about it every every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Tapped In, but the Royals are just killing it. Mm-hmm. So and, and again, They're it fun. all comes back down to what Salvador Perez is doing. Mm-hmm. You get to talk about a little bit of your homerism as a team. My team's all my one A team is also on a little bit of a streak here. That's very true. Uh, they actually just broke that streak. They were one the Boston Celtics won six straight games and then lost to the Bulls last night. Kind of a down game. Oh, is Kingston a Bulls fan? Oh, ah, God. <laughs> that sucks. You can be as wrong as you want. No, no, um, but. I watched a, a game the other night. I, I had to rewatch it at like two in the morning because I was working during it. But that had, I mean, Steph Curry and Jason Tatum going back and forth. One of the oh best. Oh my god! Duels. Forty-two, forty-four. Uh, it was forty-four and forty-seven. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> for yeah. yeah, and the Celtics came out on top. But that was one of the best games of this year that mm-hmm. ended in regulation. There's been some fantastic overtime games this season, but. As far as two players going back and forth, Steph Curry and Jason Tatum making just insane shots, yeah, uh, and still didn't come that did, still didn't come away as like the one thing that I really wanted to talk about from that game because it dawned on me at the end of that game I go man, this was quietly a Wiggins Parker duel, mm-hmm. and those were the Wiggins versus Parker was one of those matchups that we got to see in college. They were the one A, one B players. Mm-hmm. Wiggins, obviously, Kansas and Duke, and, Kansas yep. and Duke, uh, who were these high upside prospects that were supposed to be franchise changers. Everybody seemed to want to tank for them that year. Some of the top franchises were picking near the top of the draft, and everybody wanted a shot to get those two guys. And where their careers have gone, and where some of the other players in that draft's careers have gone, has had me thinking about the, that. 2014 draft for the NBA was kind of the start of the change mm. to what it kind of is right now. And it's crazy that you mentioned that, that it that was such a highly regarded draft mm-hmm. class. And it for me, it's very reminiscent of a class that was just over a decade earlier. And that was the 03 when you had yeah. LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Like it seemed very much like the Wiggins being the James. Yep. And yes, in this case, they both played the one year in college, but right. Parker being very much just that great scoring uh, talent, uh, but only because like they had to. Because if you really, yeah. if you really factor into it, Wiggins played like he didn't want to be in college, and oh, Parker yeah, played like he did. Yeah, it was like, and that's where we saw what Carmelo did at yeah. Syracuse, and it was, yeah, and that's something I've, I've told you before that I so badly wish that uh, instead of, and and I get why they ultimately mm-hmm. traded for Kevin Love, mm-hmm. but if LeBron would have gotten to mentor to Wiggins. mentor Andrew Wiggins, I wonder where his career would be. You gotta love the what if scenarios, man. Like, Again, mm-hmm. dude, I can do them every, all day. <laughs> everybody knew that it was over for Wiggins when LeBron had that letter of going back to Cleveland. And he, that was like the one key player he didn't mention was Wiggins. That'll be a that'll be a tailgate podcast we'll do one of these days. For sure. if, a bunch of what if scenarios yeah. in sports. But getting back to that draft class, you think about. 
Joel Embiid going third as like kind of the high upside guy who played well in college, but still a project, had the injuries and everything. And then you had Randall, Julius Randall go to the Lakers. And you're seeing this year, and he's mentioned it many times, the mentorship of Kobe Bryant and how much that's meant to him finally seven years in the league having his breakout season. Uh, if you would have told people even like two years ago that Julius Randle would have a bigger impact on the Knicks than Christoph Porzingis ever did, mm -hmm. uh, they would call you insane. But if you watch the guy this year, he's incredible. And people forget, too. He was sides going of, into the ball, too. I mean, defensively, he yeah. is locking but it down. People forget, too, going into that, that freshman year for all of them in the 13-14 to 14 season. Mm -hmm. When he went into Kentucky, he was just as highly regarded yep. a recruit as the Jabari Parker. It was Parkers, the Wiggins, Andrew Parker, Wiggins. Embiid. Or, yeah. or, and uh, Randall. Sorry, Wiggins, Parker, Randall draft. Not necessarily Embiid. Embiid wasn't yeah. well known. Before the season in. happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was Randall was expected <clears> to be that. That it was in the top three, yeah. And now he's with the Knicks, uh, like the most fun Knicks player or Knicks team that we've seen since the early days of Carmelo being there. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, also in that draft, you have Marcus Smart and what he's meant defensively for the Boston Celtics. Say it right. Marcus Smart. There you go. I saw your tweet, man. I was like, yep, that's what's I up. was a completely on accident, too. I sent it, and I was like, that's actually perfect. And oh. I shed a tear because all I could think about was Tommy. He did it, did, he did it by Tommy Hindsight. That was, that's, that's a beautiful moment. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, and then uh, Aaron Gordon going, like, I mean, his he was, like, kind of the high upside guy where you're like, he has, he has a long ways to go. He's an okay player. He's on a, a good team now. I remember and, he was he was looked at as almost like a poor man's Blake Griffin. Yes, he's just that absolutely freak who could th throw down some insane dunks. He mm -hmm. was just a little bit shorter than Blake. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the issue with the Nuggets now, I mean, injuries. Obviously, losing Jamal Murray mm -hmm. yep. uh, ACL for the entire like for the rest of the year, and maybe even but a lot that into raises league. the importance of how how well he has to play. Right. Luckily for the Nuggets, they're a little bit deep, but they're not a contender now. Like mm -hmm. you, you lose your number two player. And your number one's Jokic, as fantastic of a season as he's having, possible mm -hmm. MVP if Steph doesn't – maybe if Steph doesn't cool down, doesn't happen, because he's on an insane tear. But – We're a decade in for Steph Curry doing this shit now, too. It's, it's He is yeah. – just it's such unreal. an unreal. I mean, he's the best 40, shooter of the games ever. I mean, you guys have seen last night against yeah. the. Yeah. Against I mean, you guys have seen. Stats I mean, his own teammates are marveling yeah. at what he's doing. You guys have seen the stats where it's like numbers, uh, number of games with ten plus three pointers made mm -hmm. in that, and how far ahead he is of his own teammate, Clay Thompson, who's yeah. number two. Like that, that stat alone for that team is ridiculous. Yeah. Like he's on track to have over three hundred three pointers made in a season where he's only going to play seventy two games. It's insane. I mean, it's not as obviously his best season was the 400 something that he had in his unanimous MVP season, but 300 in a 72 game season where he didn't play every game either. And I think it's Steph, insane. I think Steph's 32 or 33 now. Like he's getting yeah. up there at this point. So it's one of those things like enjoy it while you can right now. Like you were, we were watching, I'm not saying he's in the twilight of his career yet, <laughs> but I mean, he's nearing it. He's much yeah. closer to the end than he is to the beginning. For sure. And this is something where we don't know how much longer we're going to be able to get to see him at this absolute peak. And it's something where as a pure sports fan, enjoy it while you can. Like this old, is a, he's, it's a lot of fun watching. Old him right man now. Steph is probably going to be pretty fun. Oh like, man. <laughs> I said, I think I told you before, I would love to see him as a sixth man 
coming off the bench yeah, for like a Ray minutes. Allen roll, just a straight just, up microwave. Yeah, yeah. just shooting Instant off the offense. bench. Oh, you just want me to hit some hit some shots? Even, oh, even, we're down by a dozen here. Two minutes later. Oh yeah, cool. We're up by uh, by three points. Even now. if he's at like a half a step slower, it doesn't matter because he can pull up from the logo. You don't like guys don't lose their shot usually. Like they don't like once you have that. That, that like it's it's not that it gets go. better, but it's it's not going to go away. Yeah. Like he's a natural shooter from anywhere on the court. So like old man Steph is something that I can't wait to watch. Yeah. Actually, like that's going to be incredible. Uh, but yeah, like just thinking about like that was the beginning, and then like you think about the few classes after the 2014 class, and like kind of shapes where we're at in this league, and like mm -hmm. the teams that were tanking, like got a few other players either to put around them or like you think about the Lakers, the Lakers gave up on Julius Randle. Mm -hmm. Think about where they'd be if they didn't, like if that was their third guy right, right. now instead of like Kyle Kuzma. They wouldn't, have, like, they wouldn't be playing the injury game. Right. They'd be doing just yeah, fine. Ha still have a high-end star sitting there. Uh, and I mean, the Sixers, that that was the, the technically the second year of the process, but process. that Trust like that process. was here, huge. They actually hit, like they were, everybody knew actively tanking mm -hmm. and they weren't shy about it it was the process and they hit on Embiid they got uh Simmons the next year the two years later yeah two he was 16 yeah yeah, yeah. and I mean technically you have to say the process was a success because of um, hitting on Embiid and hitting on Simmons and, and then they had Fultz the next year too I mean and even though he wasn't a hit that was still another <coughs> yes they traded to get the number one over the, yeah, they, yeah 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 the Philadelphia 76ers lost both Markel Bull Fultz trade. trades <laughs> both trades <laughs> who's the player that you guys have for your team that did really good the other night that uh wasn't that full like that you guys benefited from with the Fultz trade Oh, is it Jason Tatum? I don't know. It might be. Yeah, here's the fun fact. So, like, none like people can say, well, the, the Celtics, like, no matter what, they were taking Jason Tatum. Right. They just, like, they played it like they were taking Fultz to get that trade. They didn't want a point guard. They knew they didn't need one. The they knew that ball was going to. So, they're like, why not trade down to three, get the player we want anyways, mm -hmm. and pick up an extra pick that turned into Romeo Langford. Winner. Like how that's a win, no What's matter Romeo what. Doing like now? Romeo solid. He's our he's a defensive ace for us. He's, I, I I've Go maintained for a little while now. Team. Once Romeo hits his stride, like and I think he can be the, like a starter on this team eventually. Like once he's reached that that point, like this team takes off. Oh, where are Romeo's the X factor? Uh, but yeah, I love I love everything about. Like, just thinking about that draft and how it shaped this league. Because think about, like, I mean, Parker was supposed to be the star that Giannis turned into. And then he had the injuries and didn't really pan out. And he moved around a couple times. And now he's just kind of a role player. And he's only 26 years old mm -hmm. building Still himself really back young. up. Yeah. And just, yeah, that, that draft's fascinating to look at with mm -hmm. how it shaped the current league. But just wanted to go on a little rant about that. What's Absolutely. up? You're laughing about the guy that just walked in? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you guys got? No, man, I'm good. No, you're good. <laughs> Todd's losing it over here. That's funny. Sleep deprived to the new daddy over here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that he's back, we have to wish Ty 
Hey, I'm a dad yeah. now. It's weird. It's he, the potato came out of the oven. A rare, cute potato. And it's funny because I said, I was, I, was, I was like, hey, like, I was like, he's going to look like a potato. And he's like a gangly potato. Like, he is so <laughs> long. And like, I was just like, man, like, this is what wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting like a chonk potato, you know? Like, <laughs> like that's what I, I He got was expecting a tie potato. and mm. he got more of a don. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a gangly potato. So we'll see what happens with him. Hey, I will say it's rare to actually like look at a baby and go, oh, that's a cute baby. And you guys actually legitimately have a cute baby that's all Congrats. done that's all done that's all done <laughs> that's all done, that's all done. Yeah. oh man uh but yeah uh once again eight days away that's going to be actually our broadcast we won't have a normal uh tailgate podcast next week yep uh live broadcast next thursday on kcpn with the spoken and the guys out in the midwest mics mm -hmm. uh donate yeah. to 87 uh, and running donate please we want to get as much money for those kids as we can. So yeah. uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Can't wait, guys.